Extreme Rewind begins just after this. The early 1990s was a great time to be a child. Remember the feeling when you were young, running through the aisle of your local toy store, or wishing for that present under the tree? That feeling is no longer in the past with the unofficial wrestling figure retrospective. It was a period of change for the WWF and also for the figures. Back when everyone was a superstar and became names you'd remember almost 30 years later. So read the book before it pins you one, two, three. We are back. We are back. We are back. Welcome to Extreme Rewind, your weekly look into the world of Extreme from episode one all the way Two four oh one. You've got myself, Paul, and I'm joined as always by Jay. How you doing, Jay? Oh, oh, ECW. Yeah, I'm doing right. <laughs> it's your go-to song in at the WrestleMania. <laughs> it's a classic for all ages. You can carry it to any any situation. Um, yeah, we were back in the world of extreme. Four episodes this week, or four weeks. Yeah. Um, Sort of a whole month, almost a whole month. Back in 1996, we are looking at May and we are looking at a little bit of June. Just a tiny bit. Just a touch of June. Just a touch of June. Just three weeks of June. Finishing hey, the... June. Oh, no, thank you. that's nice. Thank you. Oh, should we just dive yeah, straight into this? Let's dive. Let's dive. Right. The 28th of May, 1996, episode 162. The show starts off with Brian Pillman highlights. So basically, Brian Pillman has sort of done fuck all in ECW because he's been injured. Yeah, but he's done a lot of sort of sporadic, crazy bits. In a highlight video, it looks tremendous. Now, this is one of the big things because you and I have, um, for years heard about the legend of Brian Pillman in ECW. Yeah. And I've got to say, and part of this is because um, uh, expectations are different, Um, you know, so um, I'm more aware of shoots. They're more commonplace now. The um, all of that kind of stuff is, is far more kind of commonplace, but, uh, so I can I can understand I can imagine that this was quite shocking at the time, but I've got to say I don't think it lives up to the billing. Brian Pilbin and ECW wasn't bad. It's been good, but I, I, I think not... like and I think we touched on it at the time. It came too close after Steve Austin in ECW, which of some of his promos was a bit of a masterpiece when the loose cannon is so desperate to be like crazy that it sort of isn't, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That's, that's the way that I feel. Yeah. And I think that the bit that's surgically removed from the history of this, when it's being told is, um, uh, the Shane Douglas treading all over it. Um, you're the loose cannon, I'm the loose cannon. You're the loose cannon, I'm the loose cannon. You want to shoot, I can shoot. Really just took a lot of the shine off for me. Um, yeah. And that's not really told in the history of this story. Um, again, it's gone nowhere. Drops. Yeah. It's completely dropped. Match or no match, it's just dropped. But what was the, you know, what was the end of that? Nothing. Is it? No, it isn't. And, and I mean, it's kind of, it was, it was hinted at the other day of, of Shane Douglas kind of saying, you know, and Brian Pillman, if you want to come back, then I'm, I'm still willing to have the match kind of thing. But again, just kind of thrown out and then left alone. It wasn't, yeah, but it's just casual. It wasn't. Uh. Anyway, so that happened. Um, a lot of little small bits here. So we've got the highlights of Van Dam and Sabu. Again, we spoke about last week for a matter of respect. We got a promo from Paul Heyman talking about Sabu again. Um, said he's going after RVD and 
again, very similar to what he sort of said last week. We then get a match two, Cole Scorpio versus Jericho. I felt I should have been more excited about this match, but I, I just struggling with fan cam matches. Always have done. Yeah. Takes yeah. you out of it. It shouldn't. So, though, like, some nice spots and decent match, Scorpio picks up a win, which surprised me, I must say. Um, yeah, overall, it's just it's just hard with the, the fan cam. I think the fan cam's perfect for clips in a whole sort of like you won't believe what happened last night in Buffalo and it's just like oh, 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 one two three but showing a whole match in fan cam I'm not a fan cam, cam. yeah no it's true it's 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 um I get the idea of the gorilla recording that that punk rock vibe you know that 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 you know done on no budget kind of thing i understand all of that i think it has its purpose and its place especially in somewhere like ecw that anything can happen at any point and we're just lucky that someone had a a camcorder there that we could get the footage for makes sense but you're right if you're going to put an entire show on a tv show uh, an entire match on a tv show um uh, then this isn't isn't like i said it should be like i said uh, last night happened, blah, blah, blah. Um, the, the fan took this footage. Oh, my God. You need to turn up to ECW house shows. Anything can happen. Look at this spontaneous match. Look at this random title change. Or, do you know what I mean? It has to be something like that, not just, oh, we've got eight minutes to fill. Here's a whole match that someone filmed. Yeah. Badly. But, um, yes, that happened. Scorpio won. But overall, decent match. Just disappointed it wasn't a standard Field match. Um, interview yeah. Stevie Richards. Now, if you like Stevie Richards, this is the episode for you. If you're not so keen on Stevie Richards, this is not the episode for you. I mean, I like lot. Stevie Richards. He's not always a hit. No, I mean, he's he's very, he's sort of extremely pushed into everything. I'm surprised he didn't get more. Looking back at it, I'm surprised. He wasn't involved in titles more. Like, I think him and Raven, their tag team title run is his only title run ever. Crazy, isn't it? Because you'd think that at some point he would have snuck a TV title or something the way that they're going with him almost. Yeah. But it, it, basically, the Sandman can pick an opponent. Stevie Richards is going to be his opponent. He's going to fight the Sandman, even though the Sandman's allowed to pick his own opponent. That's pretty much what happened, wasn't it? Yes. In a whole sort of... Uh... For reasons. Exactly. Then interview of Raven, Brian Lee, Stevie Richards and the Blue Meanie. Which is yep. fair enough. Get a lot of these. Yep. Then uh, Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon versus Damien Kane and Crowbar, a.k.a. Devon Storm, making a... Yes. A so, young appearance. Another, did you know they're in ECW? Yes, yeah, so the this is uh, Devon Storm's second or third match in ECW. His first one was yeah. his um, match with Taz, where he was just referenced as a Sabu clone for oh, the entire thing. Um, yeah. Although, you know, oh, there, yeah. there's also a, a Rockers comparison because he does look as if he's got the Rockers outfit on. Um <sighs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, an interesting match. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously the Dudley story evolves a fair bit over the next couple of weeks that we're covering. So yeah, that that's good. So we can just generally say, I guess at the moment it's just a squash match. Dudley's beat the crap out of them. Yeah. So there's. That. Then Tommy Dreamer with the Gangsters versus Brian Lee and Eliminators. So this is the one that they were building to what feels like an age ago. So this would have been just after the last the Hostile City Showdown special where um, it was Brian Lee and the Eliminators and it was going to be versus Tommy Dreamer and the Pitbulls. But yeah. they ran in and beat up the pit bulls as they were training and destroyed them, and they all got taken out. Um, 
So Tommy Dreamer had to get other partners in, and yeah. those partners were uh, the gangsters. It's good partners. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, on brand, because turns out they're all, um, you know, in a feud together. So that works out really well. Um, apparently, the Bruise Brothers for that triangle of terror with primetime Brian Lee are suspended, which is why they couldn't be his partners. And obviously then the Pitbulls are injured, which is why they can't be Tommy Dreamer's partners, even though they're all over this show. Um, so we end up with uh, this. And I feel this is one of the first matches where the gangster's music plays and plays and plays. Not all the way through the match, but plays and plays and plays. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, it's like we, we've seen matches like this and the six-man wild brawls. I mean, we get another one next week. And the week after, yeah. And the week after. So, it's um, again, it's not an awful match at all, but it's like we said before, it's it's hard to sort of act like this is the end of anything or when you've got so many different... It's not even like the gangsters appear in it again. It's like they're replaced next week by the Pitbulls and... Yeah, so it's kind of um, again fun match. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Um, I do feel that there's points where I could take clips of Tommy Dreamer and Primetime Brian Lee, and you wouldn't be able to tell me which of the last. Eight I, I had I had that watching it. Uh, there was a lot of matches that I thought, is this fan cam the same fan cam that I've seen, or is it just a longer version of the same fan cam? A lot of it was, especially when Dreamer started wearing short sleeve shirts. Yeah, that felt like every week he said he had a short sleeve shirt, and I was just like, is this new? Is this old? What am I watching here? But um, like we said, I mean, obviously not jumping forward, but. ECW sorts itself out in the sense that you get your Jerry Lynn's, you get your Novas, yep. you know, you get Tajiri, Super Crazies, Greedos, more of like the, the workhorses. And we the, see a little bit on these ones as well. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the Shane Douglas matches shortly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and you're seeing so a little bit of it with, um, with, with but, the Jericho matches as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it feels too weighted every, in a 40 yeah, minute TV show. Yeah, it feels very much just like all we do is we'll throw something crazy out there and that'll grab people's attention so they'll come back next week. If you're flicking through the channels and you see six people beating the crap out of each other in the audience, you'll want to want it again next yeah. week. That's what it feels like. Rather than like, why are these six people like beating? I know you can say that like, Tommy and Brian are having a feud, but like, are they? Um, I, it, it's very funny because it's it feels as if the show was made for the social media generation, even though it's twenty years ahead of the social media generation, because this is yeah. very much a a gifable, you know, viral hundred percent kind of setup, and, and it's still what we see today. Um, but obviously they didn't realize that's that's kind of how it would 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 live um i mean you know the 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 sports arena twitter account at, at underscore sports arena will often retweet um uh gifs of ecw that that appear on online and and they are still brilliant snippets and moments so it yeah it's 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 incredibly ahead of its time in that sense Oh, massively. I mean, there's spots that will live on forever. But, yeah, like you said, it's just there's a week-in, week-out show. You just kind of feel like it's just, bro. You almost yeah. could have done with it being an hour and a half and having half hour of a little bit more sort of chill before diving straight in with another. Everyone's, everyone's you know, in the ring. Oh, my God, we're everywhere again. Yeah, it just feels like these the, they could be cycled around a little bit more. Yeah, so maybe did, once every two weeks, once every ring. three weeks, once every four weeks, you have Tommy Tremor and primetime Brian Lee beating the crap out of each other with weapons. Mm. Exactly. But um, yeah, New Jack picks up the win. Show ends. 
Yeah. Which takes us to the 4th of July, 1996, episode 163. This kicks off with Raven, Stevie Richards in the ring. Obviously, Raven has asked for the dirtiest, worst sort of... Yeah, skankiest. Skankiest. Yeah. Yeah. So Raven's Raven needs someone to, to heal his pain and wants someone that he can, in, in essence, just degrade um, after Beulah and Kimona. Um, I think it was the week before that, that he says that he knew that Beulah and Kimona were, were having an affair. Um, and uh, that's why he brought Kimona in, because he could still taste Beulah on Kimona. Um, which was an incredibly brilliant and just quite disgusting line. Um but yeah, so it's it's um, uh, so he's he's on the hunt for the the, the, the skankiest, most disgusting, most um, horrible, used up woman in the world. So this, this isn't what leads into the Sandman feud, is it? Yes, it is. Now, uh, so I um, skipped ahead. Uh, I've watched a little bit of what we will be reviewing next week. And uh, the one who, who so we'll, we'll go through this week's where he's presented with various options, none of which meet his, uh, meet his desire. But the one he, he, he takes, the one who, who is the, the bottom of the barrel, the lowest that Stevie Rich could, can find, is Peaches. Oh. So, yeah, this is exactly how it is. And it's funny because... Um, and we'll obviously cover this next week when we cover it. But Sandman comes out and says, is this meant to get a rise out of me? I've already pimped her out to the entire locker room. She's, she's used up already. Uh, have whatever fun you want with her. Uh, and in the line that I really enjoyed, because it was quite a nice callback, but once you're finished, pay your bill. <laughs> Good. Which was a great line because it calls all the way back to the Tommy Cairo stuff and the original... Yeah. Sandman heel turn, which we just absolutely ate up uh, when it happened. All those, well, yeah. Those I mean, that was some ago. of his best promos. Him yeah. and woman doing all that. Um, yeah. So basically, this week he brings out uh, Devine Brown. Divine Brown. Brown. Divine Brown. Who's obviously, yeah, famously known from the, the Hugh Grant incident at the time. Yep, was a a prostitute and. Um, uh, I was going to say allegedly, but I think she was charged, so maybe not. Um, uh, was caught giving him a, a blowjob in his car on Sunset Boulevard whilst yeah, he was so, with, um, uh, Elizabeth Hurley. <laughs> so, um, yeah, she was paraded in the ring. Raven said no, and that was that. Money well spent. Yes. Um, Love is all around me. It's uh, so next we have um, Taz versus Jason Helton, who's a kickboxer. Apparently, he's got a stance and everything. Muay Thai, wasn't he? Was he Muay Thai? Yeah, it was Muay Thai. How was it? So uh, yeah, so so uh, Taz picks up the win here. Then cuts a promo afterwards. I think Joe Styles basically says about this thing. Taz gets excited, thinking he's going to fight Taz. Then Paul, was it violence? Yeah. Paul Violence, uh, at the time, was a UFC fighter. I only really know him because I think that um, Tank Abbott knocked him out. So I know him from that. The polar bear. Yeah, but he's not really. I mean, obviously, like UFC, I'm a big, big fan. Early stuff is about all over the shop. But um, yeah, it didn't really have all the people they could have brought in. I guess he wasn't. I'm not sure if this is the one where he didn't want a job so easily to Taz, but allegedly a certain um... Missy helped see helped him see the error of his ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I know whether that was him or whether it was someone else, but I know that the the, the famous story is that um... there's, there's alleged um, story in there. Yeah, that, that that Missy was very convincing. So basically, he's in the crowd and he said he's up for fighting Taz, etc. That's cool. So that, look, that's happening. Uh, we then get highlights of Tommy Dream versus Brian Lee. 
good for them. We then go to Tommy Dreamer and the Pitbulls versus Briley and the Bruise Brothers. Again, a st- standard brawl round, nothing really, apart from the fact this has got the iconic choke slam off the Eagles Nest through two free tables. I'm not sure if yep. I'm not sure if it's the only time it happens and that's the one that's always shown or he does it multiple times, but this I guess is the first time that he's done it. Yes. Um, so and again, you know, messy because it's the usual fight around and other. It's a variation on the the loop that um, we've been calling out for a while. Yeah, but um, uh, yeah, it's similar. It is so obviously, yeah, that happens at the end of the match. Raven comes out, says Pitbull two gets his world title shot now, which I quite liked. Yeah, and uh, Raven just basically tries to pin him over and over and over, and eventually does pick up the win fairly quickly. So it went with the kind of like Raven defending his title against anyone, but also sort of being sneaky heel all in the same. So it's almost like he's got his his guys to come in and do the dirty work, but he could still be like, no, I'm fighting, I'm taking them on, I'm doing everything. So it kind of worked in that sense. Um... Promo by Brian Lee basically claimed the choke slam is now the prime time slam. Yeah, I mean it was quite good how you know. So his point was um, the the choke slam was was made famous in ECW. Um, it was it was created to be destructive in ECW, and now it's been brought back and um, made into something even more more destructive. The prime time slam, which you know is is quite a nice little. Side nod to nine one one. Yeah, I was going to say um, it's a nine one one reference. So I thought that was pretty decent. We then got a, a recap of tonight's show, which was rare. Felt like a lot of filler. They sort of so got a little cap of what was going on, and that's the end of the episode. Which we then moved on. Yeah, to the eleventh of June. 1996, episode 164. This started off with the contract signing between Taz and Paul. Um, this is interesting. Yep. Um, so I've got to say, I I really enjoyed the Taz stuff over these yep. episodes. So the pull apart, um, the height uh, difference in the last one. Uh, and the pull apart on the last one, I thought was was brilliant. Um, you know, Taz in the ring, kind of screaming about, you know, oh, let him go, let him go, come on then, come on then, let him go, let him go. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. Um, I uh, I'm really a, a huge fan of what Taz is doing with this. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just just I think it's really really cool, really really good. Um, I'm loving the the team Taz stuff and the press conference again, the, the contract signing again, kind of sums all that up. You see that that kind of you know really taking Taz as serious as this, you know this this legit um, wrestler. Well, this is it. I mean, he's he's different. He's so just different. Is is and it's it's cool. It works. All right, the, the setup. You know, looks a bit like a sort of head table, a wedding, or then a press conference. But it works. It worked. He had his team standing behind him. There was a. It was almost like the complete divide between the two teams. Um. But yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind it. I didn't mind it at all. It was nice. It was different from anything they've done. They built it up as something that was a bit. You felt it was a bit special, and you thought, well, "What is this?" This one seems a bit legit. I mean, it had a nice feel to it. So, I didn't mind the press conference. thought it was good. Yes. Um, Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray and Devon versus JT Smith and Little Guido, who actually references the full-blooded Italians. Yep, they are. They are keyed as the full-blooded Italians now. Yeah, which is um, good. 
Yeah. And uh, Joe Styles kind of laughs at that and uh, can't believe that someone's actually had to go to the, the effort of, of writing that. That's true. Yeah, no, so again, I didn't didn't mind it. The Dudleys were sort of just doing their thing, but it ended up with um, Devon finally turned on the Dudley family. Yes. And um, Big Dick made his return. Obviously, you said before, when he first popped up, it, the seed was planted that Devon was only seemed to be scared of Big Dick, wasn't bothered about anyone else. Yep. They've obviously been waiting for Big Dick to heal up before sort of pushing forward with this angle. But, um, yeah, I like it. It's good. I like what Devon's been doing. And I like the fact that he's always going to separate and obviously we know he comes back because um, they're pretty successful tag team. But, um, yeah, no, it's good to separate because they weren't ready for him yet. The, yeah. the gap was too big from where they were at to where they need to be. The gap's too big. So for him separating, perfect. Yeah, and I, I think them having that kind of uh, fight for the family, I think, works. Um, we are fam. No, it's, it, it just kind of has that um, uh, good kind of design on it. it. It's the most impressive way of getting... Big Dick Dudley over as well because you know as as we've said all the way through, but as is apparent again in these episodes, he wasn't much. He wasn't really anything in in the the, the setup of the Dudleys. Um, but and, you know you've got and, this absolute killer in Devon, yeah, who is scared of nothing and no one, and is just this absolute force of nature destroying referees. I mean they've not won a match, I don't think, because he just destroys the referee every bloody time. Um, but there's one guy who makes him turn tail and run. There's one guy that scares the life out of him, and that's Big Dick mm. Dudley. Yeah, no, it's really cleverly done. Also, the fact that Big Dick Dudley's not actually that big. No. Which I always no. thought he was a lot taller than what he is. Yep, I, I'm I'm right there with you. I, I thought he was like a legitimate... Six like, foot seven. Yeah, yeah giant-style guy. And yeah. the answer is, um, Bubba's uh, taller than him. Yeah, he was. He was. He was big compared to the Dudleys who were there at the time. He's now medium-sized Dudley. But um, yeah, looking forward to this and seeing um how this unfolds because obviously we everyone knows where the Dudleys end up, but it's gonna be good to see how we get there. So. Got an eye on that story. Probably my favourite story over them. These shows. Spoiler. Um, then you get Rob Van Dam versus Mikey Whipwreck. Uh, match is so-so. Ends up with Brian Pillman coming out into a wheelchair. Um, did a bit of promo outside. Then Pillman and RVD sort of destroy Mikey with a crutch and chair. Yeah, quite like Actually, the idea of this re- partnership. Um, uh, I, I so yeah, I quite like the idea of the partnership. I quite like what they're doing in regards to um, Pillman as a mouthpiece. Um, it's incredibly short-lived. We know that. Um, yeah, but it's it's just quite interesting. I, I guess what what occurred to me whilst watching this was RVD is very much a heel. Raven is very much a heel. Taz is very much a heel. Yeah. Um, And then you get to your Sandman's, your uh, Shane Douglas's. No one's actually a good guy, with maybe the exception of Mikey Whitbreak. Yeah. Everyone's either shades of grey or a heel. Yeah, Sabu's grey. Yeah. You can't really say he's like a hero or a face. No, I mean, he's, he's, he's... on the nicer side of grey because you know he keeps shaking people's hands Tommy Dreamer mate okay, but then he's, he's he's just the other side of the fence but he's actually some of his things actually quite heelish yes he's just put on that side uh, he stole the man's girlfriend yeah 
that was the other way around. If Raven, yeah, if Raven had stolen from Tommy, that would be a massive hill sort of move. And has been in time memoriam. It's always been that way around. So it's it's really okay. interesting. Um, and, and this thing, you know, outside of of um, Mikey, everyone's sort of. I mean, Scorpio again, you know, isn't. He's not a full-blown face, though, because Stanley's promos, he'll come across really like a cocky dick. Yeah, most of them, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like, it's not a knock on him, because he's not doing anything wrong, but his promos were like, you know, once I beat you, you're going to have to admit that I'm better. Yeah. Because I'm better than you. And it's this, you know, there's there's a heel tendency to that sort of arrogance. Yeah, so um, we're into we're into you know you you've got your your two sides you've got your 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 baddies and your depends praise. on the day your baddies and your antiheroes. <laughs> so that happens. We get a promo from Paul Heyman next, I believe. Yeah, I, it's interesting that these are Paul Heyman promos now rather than Paulie Dangerously promos as they had been. Um, he yeah. very much is now referenced and uh, keyed and and understood to be Heyman. Yeah, like I said, that's just sort of happened. Which is good. We didn't get a pro something else? No, I was going to say, I, I can't actually think when that transition made sense, when that transition actually happened. It was so smoothly done it's not actually jumped out at me as oh we're talking to Paul Heyman now rather than Paulie Dangerously yeah I think it's hard because I think kind of obviously we all sort of known him as Paul Heyman yeah so there's nothing it wouldn't have stood out when they changed it it just sort of would have been like I said until you point it out now you think oh yeah they have actually changed it but I always sort of reference him because we've always sort of Depending when we're talking about him, referencing Paul Heyman a lot. Yeah, yeah, we've we've so. we've struggled on on this series well, yeah. between referencing him as Paulie Dangerously and Paul Heyman, partly because Paul Heyman is so iconically sewn to ECW, and Paulie Dangerously, although he was important to ECW, is nowhere near the legacy. Exactly, he's more. You, you hear that, you think Dangerous Alliance in WCW. Yeah, Not rather than Dangerous Alliance on stuff international. <laughs> With, oh God, what was it? No, it wasn't the superstar Shane Douglas. What was it? It was something really bizarre for a week. Oh, what was it? That's going to bug me now. I'm going to have to go back and start all over again. It's in the archives. Listen to it. Is it the archives? Um, yes, yeah, so that happened. Basically, we get a promo from that very Shane Douglas. Um, he's in the ring before his match. Comes out, kicks the belt, spits in the belt, which I thought was <laughs> right. I, I, I'm, I'm conflicted. I'm torn because I love this. I love the lack of respect for this piece of shit title that he puts nothing in, and it doesn't mean anything. And he's won it because it was there. And, you know, he, he throws it around. He spits on it. He, he, he will throw out challenges because he doesn't give a fuck about this tin pot title. I yep. love that. If it wasn't for the fact that when he won it, there was this super emotional, God, we've done it very similar as we called out to the NWA acceptance speech. You know, it's, I felt it's been so long since I felt gold on my shoulder. You don't know how, what this means to me. And in the, the light in, in the, the legacy of Guerrero and Malenko and Taz and Sabu. And, and I, I will be a champion that, that gives this belt honor and privilege and put it around my waist. And now it's gone back to being a piece of shit belt. Yeah, and it should have always been just this disdain for this title. Yeah, 
but I loved it. You know, it just, they said it, it did work. So basically, he's in the ring, says about Scorpio, um, has bottled it pretty much. Yep. Although and, the uh, story is that he's in hospital with 106 degree fever. Yeah. So but again, it... slightly heelish Shane Douglas, less kind of shades of grey, more slightly heelish. Um, his thing is, uh, you know, look at this. Was he's 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 you know he's he's too sick. He's got a bit of a flu. So that worked. Then basically, um, starts calling out people. So he kills the uh, El Puerto Rican. El Puerto Ricano. Get it wrong every week. <laughs> um, so we cut to that match. Shane makes quick work of him. Then just suddenly cuts to Shane Douglas versus Donny Allen. Yep. Another title match. It's pretty nice much to the see Donny Allen match. around. Still going, had his match. His TV title shot. So that then happened and ended almost instantly. Then cut to Shane Douglas versus Devon Storm. Yep. Shane Douglas again wins quite easy. Then goes Shane Douglas back in the ring, or basically calls out Mikey Whitbrick. Obviously, Whitbrick's already wrestled and got beaten up by Brian Pillman and everyone earlier in the night. So, yep. made it nice and easy for Shane Douglas, who continually beats him down, leading for like, a lot of the locker room to come out and sort of save Mikey and make sure he's all right. Yep, with his, his dreaded Texas cloverleaf. <laughs> Little nod to Dean Malenko. Former triple threat member. And then... Ends up with Shane Douglas versus Pitbull Sue, who just had a world title match two weeks ago. Yeah, has a TV title match. Both he didn't actually choose; he's been picked as opponents for people. Yeah, <laughs> again, in in the fact that the, the title matches are just given randomly, yeah. um, you know, and I, I I I probably have less of a problem with that than you know wins and losses matters, but it doesn't matter when I decide who I want to give a title shot to. Um, uh, like he should um, but yeah so it, I guess the bit I found really awkward with this just because I know the history that they go on to have fairly soon it starts is um, Shane Douglas running down on Francie yeah I thought that that felt weird considering it could have been uh... I didn't I didn't know whether the turn was happening this week <laughs> Because well, I was by the outcome at the end of it, to be honest with you. But hey, don't don't hang on spoilers. Let let people know. Um, yeah, basically, Pitbull two ends up winning, becoming the new TV champion. Our new TV champion. Because we are watching the TV, so he is our He's champion. champion. Um, yeah, so Francine gets. Uh, the the belly to belly suplex. I have no idea why poor friends. I mean, I know she came through the the school, so they know she can bump. Trained by JT Smith, as we've established and talked about many yeah. times. Her first debut on ECW was being choke slammed from um, Builders Miss Montana or something, and choke slammed by nine one one. So she's been taking bumps from from the wrestlers from the moment she's walked in the organization. But I mean, every single time they just seem to be trying to find a way to get someone to beat her up. And this week it's uh, Shane Douglas. Yeah, Shane Douglas is now on the turn to give her a little beating. But um, yeah, Pitbull 2 wins the belt. Then we get a promo from Shane Douglas backstage. But basically, like, that's my belt. I want my TV title back. Shuffle's quite good. Uh, now, uh... Yeah, now, so I, I'm, I'm torn on this one ever so slightly because, again, uh, I get it and, I, you know, I quite enjoy what, what they've done there, but I really liked the, the, the absolute disrespect for the title. So I would have liked it to be more about the thing of I want my rematch, not because I give a shit about that tin pot fucking title. I just want, you, you know, I, more important than that title is you've got a win over me and I want the win yeah. back. And I, you know, and, and the fact that it's a rematch for the title, you know, fine. Um, and I don't want it because I want it. I just don't want you to have it. So, 
you know, fuck you, I'm going to take this piece of shit title because to you it means something. To me, it's 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 nothing. But, you know, that's my title and I want my title back. Again, just... I I, I know what they're doing with the whole kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's acting big and braggadocious, but actually that's not it. Um, but, yeah, I just could have... I, I would have preferred it to be a little bit more just like, you know, yeah, that will. I still don't give a shit about this title. Yeah, just a different, different approach rather than the complete. Uh, yeah, just uh, it's it's the the, the flip flopping between tearing up and this emotional speech when he wins. I have no interest in this title at all. Uh, tearing up and emotional when he wins it, then I have no interest in this title at all, and then you know, it's my title. I want my title back. Yeah, it's a bit all over the place. Um, then you get a whole bunch of promos. Dudley Boys, Eliminators, Sandman and Missy, Bill Alfonso, Tommy Dreamer, Bueller, Brian Lee, Raven. The only one that really stood out to me was Stevie Richards and Divine Brown, where he would chase yep. down and try to give her money, and every time she'd sort of slap him around the face with it. There's a couple of them. I mean, it was quite an interesting, it was quite a big get for ECW at the time because she was, you know, famous for a minute. Um, and her walking through kind of going, you know, ECW is too extreme for me. I don't, you know, would was quite impressive. To yeah, but be again, honest. like you said, it would have worked better in a social media world. That yeah, would been, on, on yeah Twitter, it would have been, been trending. And realistically, what news outlet's going to pick that up? Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, it's kind of um, funny, but like you said, just generational, just the wrong time period. Because it is. It's, I mean, it's very weird. I mean, if you were going to try and relaunch ECW exactly as it was, just rebooking it with wrestlers from today to fill the main roles, um, you know, it would be a very interesting one to run because because of it's so built for social media um, and clickbait and trending and gifs and spots um that you didn't yeah it was it was it was hugely ahead of its time in in that way oh massively it's you know they're doing the right things they're getting even from the oj simpson references to everything they were doing it's all stuff that like i said would be amazing for something like twitter but realistically news outlets are never going to pick up that ecw made a joke about oj simpson um, and it, the best you can hope for is your local news, which it wouldn't you know, because it's not it's not relevant to anything, is it? It's not a story. It's just like it's just a thing. But in sort of on like um like I said, a Twitter and Instagram, the videos would be there, and everyone be watching, going, "That's ridiculous! What the fuck? I'll probably watch next week." And if we're wondering what the reference was, then check out rebooking UCW in the archive. Yeah. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, right, everywhere, and that brings us to the end of the show, which takes us to June again. More June, the 18th of June, 1996. Well, it depends. Some things say the 18th of June, others say the 17th of June. I'm not sure if it massively matters, but it depends. What are you looking at? No, I mean, it's 25 years ago. We can let it slide. We have a day, it's, it's around that time period, yeah. Uh, episode 165, it starts off with a shit ton of highlights from everything, including a debuting Samoa Gangster Party beating up the gangsters. Uh, right. I, I, I know what they're trying to do, and I get it. Um, but I don't know if you can have the Samoan Gangster Party versus the gangsters. I feel that one of them needs to change their name ever so slightly. Yeah. If you've established the gangsters, then, you know, a team that in essence you're just calling the Samoan gangsters is too close. Oh, yeah. For me. Um, and it's funny because they are so obviously trying to recreate Public Enemy. Yeah. Which again is weird because, you know, I'm not a big. We've made known that we're not massive public enemy fans. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, you know they were they were again you know at the time I can see that they were they're quite you know 
quite classic, quite inspirational, quite, you know, high level for whatever, booked brilliantly by ECW and, and more a testament to the storytelling of Heyman rather than possibly them. Um, yeah. as we've seen when we've when we've dipped in to see how they go on. I mean, your watch along of them versus the Nasty Boys available in the archives. Um, it's a really good kind of example of how they, they, they even doing, you know, pretty much the same shit, they don't quite resonate in the same way because they don't have the same level of machine behind them. Um, but yeah, just, just again, just kind of recreating and recreating and re- recreating what feels like the same stuff. Yeah, massively. It's just like, let's do that again. I mean, obviously there's history there because I think Heyman used to manage a Samoan SWAT team, I think it was. Yeah. I think that might have been Samu was in that. I think Samu's in this. Yeah, I think so. I think you're so right. So um, yeah, I can see why. Because obviously the head shrinkers would have just split up. Because this would have been when Fatu is now teaming up with the Barbarian as Seeker, I think it was. So obviously Samu's left to come do whatever his thing is and now he's ended up in ECW doing this. I think that feels about right. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, Timelines, I think, make sense. Um, But yeah, just... just, mm. So yeah, I can understand. Yeah, I can understand and turn up there because it's obviously, but like you said, it's they try to fill a void that didn't need filling. I, I mean, if you want, uh, I mean, they're, they're in essence they're taking the post that uh, the headhunters have been taking for the last few shows yeah. of that that team to run in and, and you know have that that like bloody feud style thing. Um, so I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, and I can see how they that blah blah blah. Again, it's just the name. I think that the gimmick is a little too homogenized. Again, good word. Um, so yeah, just, just, yeah, yeah. So um, we get fan cam footage of Tommy Dreamer versus Brian Lee again. They fight everywhere. They go outside. They go outside the building and fight in the street. Brian Lee throws Tommy Dream in the road and Tommy Dream looks to the side just to make sure a car's not coming in case. He may be dumb, but he's not stupid. Uh, my favourite yep. spot in this match came when the Bruise Brothers got involved and they found a pallet and they didn't know what to do with it, so they pretty much put it in front of Tommy's head and kicked it into his head in a spot which looked no more yes. devastating than a kick in the head. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, my, my, my very basic physics would think that it's possibly less because I mean the pallet might be harder than the boot but you're dispersing the the impact aren't you yeah. so um, it's quite funny they sort of got this pallet and they looked excited and they sort of thought what the fuck are we do this pallet so they just sort of kicked it yeah which I thought was great it's it's yeah um, I mean it's fine it, again it's just you know another thing yeah um we then get stevie richards appear as lord stevie richards comes out in a segment which had potential but just became to really drag after a while due to the uh, the doctor character yeah i liked stevie i thought he was quite funny as lord stevie sandman i thought it was quite funny meanie i think did well but yeah they brought out the um raven's doctor you saved Raven's life yeah, and the, career. The recurring character we didn't realise we needed. Yep. And, um, yeah, basically said that he helped the Sandman as well and the Sandman shouldn't be wrestling because he's not ready to wrestle and making him look bad. Sandman sort of grabbed the mic, said yo about 20 times and then mm-hmm. just um, caning everyone. Stevie then kicked him into his injury started to put him in the figure four wooed and said now it's time to go to school which for some reason made me laugh um uh, yeah so uh i realize you're a specialist doc but 
but once you see her specialist's skills, you're going to change your mind or something. Um, and then Missy kisses the doctor, which is why the doctor changes his prognosis from you should never wrestle again. You can barely walk on that knee to go for your life. Um, uh, which was weird. Um, I, I thought it was quite strange. So there's a few figure four spots um, on the Sandman and his knee. Um, and this rabid fuck WCW Dick Flair, you're an old man. Yeah. Crowd. All woo. Well, that's it, isn't it? That's just the stupidness of it all. It's all pantomime, sort of. How how can you yeah. hate Ric Flair? I mean, if Shane Douglas doesn't like him, that's his battle, isn't it? He's sort yeah, of, just, he's one just, of them. Yeah. Especially for the hardcore wrestling fans, they'd all love Ric Flair. And um, it's a shame that that match with Shane Douglas never sort of took place. Because by the sound of things, it was quite close to happening at some point. Yeah, it seemed to have a couple of... Um, a lot further along than I ever chances. thought it would Yes. Um, yes, yeah, so this happens. Sandman Kane's a few people, gets beaten down. Raven appears and attacks the Sandman. I have a bit of a major gripe with this. Because Raven is got blood pouring out of his head all over his shirt and everything. And it's a beautiful visual for the end. But I'm sort of thinking, hold on, this is champion. We've got no idea why he's got blood pissing out of his head. Yeah, so it's referenced that he's still bleeding from his match earlier in the night. Except we don't know who it is that has managed to carve Raven to such a bloody mess. Um, And I don't think it's covered in the next show because the next show looks as if it's from hardcore heaven. Um, So I think it's going to just be one of those mysteries that earlier on in this show, and again, we're into the world where your world heavyweight champion isn't closing the show. Um, Raven had a an absolute bloody feud that he barely survived um, and has come out to beat up the Sandman. I mean, there's no real story as to why Raven's so eager to destroy the Sandman suddenly. Well, I mean, Sandman had a match with anyone he chose to, but that went to Stevie, didn't yeah. it? So we don't quite know why Raven's suddenly taken offence to Sandman so much. Um other than that people want them to fight. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like I said, the whole situation's weird. Just weird. Again, the matches are fine and the feud itself's cool, but it's all just a bit, okay. You know, I just I just feel it's a massive boob. If you've got this guy absolutely pouring with blood, it leaves more questions than answers, and it shouldn't be like that. They know yeah. I want to. I don't want to see in three weeks' time because then it ruins everything that I've seen because nothing matters anymore. Because like, our oh, Raven's bleeding. Oh, but this must have been the match that led to him running out three weeks ago. Even though it's meant to be then, and this is now, and you're proving that it's just all taped off one show. So, and really badly cut together. I mean, the fact that you've got a heavyweight championship match, which has been a bloody brawl but you don't build that highlight in anywhere yeah I just they've almost been better off with um, Sandman getting the the edge in that one I reckon and leaving the other two we'll just put the match on TV oh yeah you could put the match on the TV the week before or something like that you know just show a couple of steals like they do other fights yeah, too graphic. The too much blood loss, too graphic for, for us to show on yeah, TV. It adds to him coming out as well. But, um, yeah. So then we had um, Sabu versus Mikey Ripwreck. Right, I'm mixed in here because I like the match <laughs> itself. And I think these yep. two, they click, they do good matches. I wasn't disappointed with the match. Yep. But yep, yep. from a storytelling perspective, when Mikey obviously had this knee injury, had to have it drained five times um, and all this, 
I felt it was a bit too competitive for the position that Sabu should be in with this other side of the fence feuding with Taz. Yeah, so, uh, and I'll go one step further in the sense of uh, Sabu had recently been stretched out, is wearing a neck brace because of these compacted vertebrae that if he's kicked wrong, he could be paralysed. So you've got two people who are telling stories about how injured they are and they just go out and do this balls-to-the-wall fight. Um, And it was a good match. It wasn't a bad match at all. I I enjoyed the match. But storytelling-wise... The boat, they said the you boat's know, out. Just exactly, like you said. Everyone's, everyone's Superman. Everyone's just mm. stronger and, and fitter and, you know, injuries don't mean anything because everyone's just Superman. Yeah. And like I said, this is the match you could have probably kicked off the show and had the show start off with whatever Raven match was to give it a bit more context. Yeah, I mean, you could have done highlights on this. Yeah. But as a standalone match, it. if you basically just said, someone watch this match, you'd be like, that's a really good match. I enjoyed it. What's your point? But from, like you said, a weekly-to-weekly kind of story and growth, it makes no sense. Like you said, yep. Samu's got a broken neck. Michael Whitbrook could hardly walk and got beaten up about five, six times last week. It's yep. just, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I, I, so the other problem I have storytelling-wise, so there's two other problems I have with storytelling-wise. One of them is um, Mikey Whitbrook, this ultimate underdog. Uh in a match of the two triple crown winners of ECW. You cannot brag about his achievements and how he's won every championship there is in this organization and call him an underdog. Well, that's it. Once is, you know, you can, you can say he fluked the TV title that one time, but he's, he's held multiple championships now. And has beaten multiple named people, including the Sandman, including um, uh, Steve Austin, including Raven. You know, he's he's got he's he's got pedigree to him now. You cannot continue to have him as the underdog because he's not the underdog. Well, yeah, he's El Puerto Ricano is the underdog. <coughs> he barely wins. Donny Allen's the underdog. But exactly, if they picked up a win, it'd be massive. This guy, like you said, he's beaten so many and he's held every belt I think these two are the Grand Slam champions aren't they again they are and you're billing it as such you're billing it as your two heavyweight champions uh, your two Grand Slam champions your triple crown winners going head to head which is a brilliant story to tell but how is one of them the underdog when both of them have managed to do this feat oh yeah yeah so like I said fun match just um and then the, my last bit of storytelling that I don't I agree with and I, I just kind of took me out ever slightly is, again, we've got the respect angle. Yeah, we touched on it massively last week. Yeah. And, you know, last week I can see a little bit of the... So last week we had two people who were doing the respect angle and didn't give respect and was disrespected. And here we have, again, someone who's got being given the respect angle and and taking the respect angle and you know you 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 give me a hell of a match brother kind of thing and it's like well but firstly you know he's a triple crown grand slam of course he's going to give you a hell of a match and secondly is this where it is now you have to you have to shake the hand of everything are we in roh have we have we have we adopted the code of honor Which, again, goes against everything they're doing with all the other matches. It's like they've got this whole respect angle at one point, but then you've got sort of the blood feuds that are going smashing through the arenas on the other hand. And it's just, yeah, it just doesn't need to be a respect. I understand one person, if the whole sort of RVD was just arrogant, it's just like, don't respect you, don't want to know you. But if you've got other people doing it, it kind of makes no sense. Yeah. That's where it sort of falls Just, short. Yeah. Uh, and again, you know, what are you doing with Sabu that is this homicidal, suicidal, genocidal, but damn it, I respect you, kid. <laughs> uh, we then get a promo by Raven and Stevie as they're walking 
around and they find blue dust. Um, I, I, loved. I loved this far more than I, I should know, have. It was awful. It was so bad. It was sloppy and crappy, but I was chuckling away. And full credit Only to... blue. <laughs> full credit to um, Meanie, completely giving it everything he could. So, yeah, and Raven obviously turns down blue dust because it's not what he's looking for again. Not feminine yeah. enough. But it's still quite funny. Then a whole bunch of promos again. Dudley Boys, Tommy Dreamers, Shane Douglas, Gangsters Eliminators, the Samoa Gangster Party. I'm not actually even sure what they said. Uh, Paul, Taz, Blue Meanie and Stevie, which is quite funny because Stevie hosing down the Meanie, trying to get all the, the blue pudding or, or whatever it was off him. And then... Yeah, which they were eating off yeah. of him. Yeah, Meanie and Stevie eating it off of him was just... Uh, Blue Dust made me laugh in ways that I should not laugh. So remember, obviously, Blue Dust turned up in um, WWE for a little bit, didn't it? It wasn't quite as... He did. Just proved it wasn't really given enough. Um, so, Well, I, we, I think we see him again next week, so we'll see how Blue Dust grows. So, yeah, Taz, yeah, Blue Mini and Stevie basically have one where Stevie's hosing the Mini down. Then the meanie manages to get the hose and attack Stevie with it. Uh, Raven, Heyman, and Sandman. That's it. Yes. Oh. So yeah, what did you think? Um, I love what Taz is doing. Um, that for me is um one of the highlights. I love how he's calling out. Sabu, um, is it barely legal? Yeah, is it so? That's April, is it? Uh, about that, yeah. Um, so we've still got you know a long old build before they actually get their hands on each other, which which is insane, yeah. Which is what we were um, saying, though. I think it's November to remember that they actually begins. are in the same ring together. Um, so I think November's where Sabu answers Taz's call. Um, but yeah, I love what they're doing with Taz. Liked chunks of Shane Douglas, liked chunks of the Dudleys. Um, Stevie, I think, is hit and miss, but you know, when he's good, I think he's great. Um, yeah, just, just some weird stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit cool. I'm a little bit over at the moment the Tommy Dreamer stuff. So they've got two matches booked for Hardcore Heaven. One of them is the Tommy Dreamer primetime Brian Lee uh, weapons match where fans can bring weapons. Which is cool because that's what they've done every single time. And then one of them is a death match between uh, Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Where um, it has to finish in pinfall or submission. Well, show me a match in ECW that has finished by DQ or uh, other than Devon beating the shit out of a ref with a chair or count out. Yeah. So it's this very weird kind of, they're a little bit too, you know, your, your, your stipulations don't mean much because they're exactly the same as everything you're doing on a weekly basis anyway. So how that is meant to be like the, the, the blow off of this amazing feud, I've got no fucking idea because it's the same thing we've seen on Tuesday. Well, that's it, isn't it? Where, where do they go? I mean, I know where they go, but it's just, yeah. Just, yeah. Um, I didn't mind them. Obviously, there's still a few inconsistencies and a raised sort of issues I've got with certain match types currently. I enjoy matches like that, but it just, you can't just keep doing the same matches, different combination every week. It's not special or quirky or cool anymore. It's just like, oh, they're doing that again. Um, yeah. But yeah, that brings us to the end of the show. If you like talking wrestling, ECW, current product, anything, if you haven't seen it, we'll watch it. Um, head on our social media, Twitter or 
Instagram at underscore Sports Arena. That is where you all find us. We are fairly active and we'll always reply and get involved. So open up the chat and have a little chat and we'll chat. Also, if you'd like to support the show, please make sure you like, subscribe, share, spread the word, join the extreme revolution, bring it back with us. Um, because we love talking ECW and everyone, if you haven't seen it, it's worth going back and checking something that influenced the business still to this day. So join in with that. You can also support the show by buying a little bit of merchandise over at zazzle.co.uk or .com. Simply search Sports Arena. Our T-shirts pop up. See what you fancy looking cool in. Purchase it if you so desire. And then you are sorted. And we appreciate everything like that. Yes, we do. So that's that. Um, it is. Yeah. I'm Paul. That's Jay. We'll be back next week with it is. more Extreme Rewinds. Magic like Apples. <gasps> Blue Dust. Layer Pink. <laughs>